Hello, and welcome to Control Walt Delete, a new podcast from The Verge. I am Neil Patel, I'm the editor in chief of The Verge, and I'm joined, as always, by Walt Mossberg, legendary tech columnist. Walt, I'm going to start calling you legendary tech columnist, Walt Mossberg. You are. That just means old, Neil. I'm trying to dance around it, okay, but legendary <laughs> tech columnist, Walt Mossberg, and executive editor of The Verge. How's it going, Walt? It's going great. I I, I love talking to you. So. I got to say, this is our fourth one. It's been a month, and it feels like it's just flown by. This has been really, really yeah. fun. And I, I've, Well, I, I, as you mentioned on the first one, we used to talk anyway. I mean, you know, we've known each other a while, so it's cool. Yeah, but it, I, you know, I feel like uh, w- one thing the show has taught me is that all of my conversations with my friends should have a structure where 15 minutes in, we we switch and talk about the past, even like – no matter what I do, I should structure. No matter who my friends are, I should be like, you know, we're going to do thirty minutes, uh, and we're going to about fifteen minutes in. We're going to like. I think my all of my relationships could benefit. From I don't. I don't know if that would work in a marriage, though. Like, you know, now let's talk about all of our, all of our past stuff. <laughs> oh, definitely not. Oh man, I I knew this show would eventually end with marriage advice from Walt. Uh, That's in right. four episodes That's in. That's the we, next podcast we've gotten. There. <laughs> marriage advice from Walt. Uh, all right, so well, every Friday, every, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. no, we should do a new show every Friday where you just you hand out relationship <laughs> tips to the listeners. No, you, no, nobody wants that. Uh, so actually, I will say you reviewed a laptop this week. Can I? Can I? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll shine a light into my personal. Maybe you can help me with this. So, uh, right four years ago now, um, right when we we're starting The Verge, my wife moved to New York and she was flying back to Chicago. Uh, she moved to New York with me, but she was flying back to Chicago to take the uh, Illinois bar exam. Uh, and you take that on a computer, and her MacBook Air at that time died. And so we were yeah. in a scramble like the day before she was going to fly to get her a new computer. So I couldn't, we couldn't go to the Apple store because it was close, you know, like we, so I bought Dieter's old MacBook Air. I just bought, he was like, I've got one, I'll sell it to you, you can use it. I was like, all right, it's cool, I'm bu- I bought it. The MacBook Air is a great computer, she's been using it ever since. Right, like that same MacBook, that same Air. MacBook that, Air. Was that a 2008, an original one? No, it was, was like a 2011. So it's, it's a yeah, yeah. It's so the it was modern current... body style, the whole thing. Yeah, Good computer, yeah, yeah, yeah. but now it's starting to die. It's over, right? Like it's four years yeah. later. It was used when we bought it. Um, Dieter takes excellent care of his computers, I will say. But is you, whatever. It's over. I'm stuck because I want to buy her the new MacBook, the gold MacBook. But it's too. Yeah. It's so slow that it's, it's actually not faster than the old computer. Yeah, no, 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 it's too early. And then I don't want to buy her a uh, new Air because it doesn't have a retina display. And I don't want to buy her the 13 because she actually takes it to work every day in her, like, giant purse. So I can't figure out what can – like, I'm just like, you have to wait. Like you're. Well, I mean, here's what I'd say. First of all, on the new MacBook, which we should maybe do a whole podcast on sometime, yeah. um, I think it's a really interesting point to the future for, for them. And they often do point to the future and the other guys are catching up. Um, I, I, this is like very much like that first MacBook Air in 2008, yeah. not quite as revolutionary. And I think you're going to see uh, different processors in it. Maybe, maybe if – and I, the, listeners do not take this as gospel. <laughs> this is just pure speculation, honest to God. Uh, I know some people think, you know, I get like memos from Apple every day. I don't. Um, <laughs> Wait, but what? I think if – if the rumors are ever true that they're going to do in a clamshell form factor an iOS 9 device, that would be it. Right. And you don't need uh, an x86 chip for that. In fact, you can't use an x86 chip on iOS 9. So, you know, I, I, I just don't know. But I think it's a little too early. It costs too much. It's going gonna, it's gonna to look like 
it's it may follow the path the air did, which is I mean, you know, the air there have been many Apple doesn't talk about this, except I once got them to sort of give me some insight into this. There have been many months and quarters since 2008 where the Air was the best-selling uh, laptop in America. Right. And uh, so it's it's been by every measure. And, and of course, it, it has now been copied a, a million times or attempted to be copied. And so... Um, I mean, you, you can't, I don't know about you, but you can't have a briefing with a PC laptop maker where they don't bring up a comparison to the air. They, un, unbidden, right. they bring it up. So Yeah, no, it's just funny because I don't know what to buy right now. I think right now is a really bad time, like a spectacular bad time in the history of laptops to buy a laptop. Um, because all the Windows, and we should get into your column this week, you reviewed um, a new Windows 10 laptop with 4K display. But... Um, Right, all the Windows 10 stuff is coming up. Microsoft has the Surface Book out, so if you're interested in that, you've got to see how all of that plays out. It's hard to make a bet. If you're on the right. Mac side, uh, what you want is a Retina display, but you can't get one in the air, which is pretty much the computer you should buy anyhow. And it, it's just kind of this mismatch of different narratives that have yet to intersect in good products, like all the way around. Um, and I'm some I'm just I basically told Becky like, just you got to stick it out. Like I don't know what to tell you. Like. It's dumb to buy a laptop right now. Or she could take her advice from me instead of you. That's true. That so what do you think she should buy? <laughs> well, I mean, look, it depends how bad her current air is. Sounds like it's The fan is old. on all of it. It's, it. You know, it's hit, hit that yeah, stage no, no, of the laptop no, no. Then, where the then fan just always on. But look, look, here's where you and I might disagree. Yeah. Um, if uh, Becky is a lawyer, right? That's what she does, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. She's not a graphics designer. No. She... she um, I, honest to God, don't think you need a Retina display, and, or and certainly not at this moment a 4K display, unless you need it professionally because those that your your profession is highly, you know, graphics and pixel dependent. So I, I, I use I don't know I I've seen you with your MacBook Air. I've seen in fact you, you and I, I, I both I know that I have a 15 inch Retina. Oh, you have a 15 inch Retina. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Lots of journalists. Yeah. Are, are walking around with the airs without retina display. It's just fine for, right? You know, for playing videos, for looking, looking at photos, and of course for writing. And I mean, Dieter and, actually runs the whole. You know, and I think this is not a secret. Dieter like runs the Verge. Like I just, I'm a useless figurehead. But like, Dieter runs the yeah. whole site off of a gold MacBook. Like he, that's you know, like you don't for what we do. Like we write, we look at spreadsheets, we look at photos, right. and and I don't think it's so different for. For a lawyer, yeah, uh, that's all I would say. So maybe I'll get her in my book. Anyway, so but we should. But let's talk about this Toshiba. Yeah, let's talk about it. So four K so, displays. Okay, so the first thing I just feel like I have to say this: Toshiba is really a dedicated laptop company, at least in the U.S. market. They uh, they they don't they stopped making desktops years ago. They may have a few. They have a line of you know like portable hard drives, but basically they make laptops. And they have made some great laptops. And I, I have a little computer museum in my office, and I and I have an old Toshiba laptop I used, you know, 20 years ago. They've been in it a long time. But it's been a while since they've done something really uh, notable, and that's why I chose to review this. This is a, uh, you know, lightweight, ultrabook-type MacBook Air type in terms of its size and weight laptop. That that has a 4K screen and uh, ultra high def, so 
it has just a, a bazillion pixels like a, like a 4K TV. Um, and so I thought, well, let's take a look. You know, they came and yeah. briefed me, and then I, I said, let's take a look at it. Um, and the screen is dazzling, but I've got to tell you that, um, you know, except for one video that they supplied, um, certainly on still images, I could not – I personally, this your mileage may vary, but to me – I did not see any significant difference in the vividness or the sharpness um, of the of the images that were 4K between that and the same exact image that they had supplied me that I just copied over into a, a Retina display uh, MacBook Pro. I did see a difference, of course, between that and a um, standard HD, non-retina, non-4K uh, Lenovo. Right. I like Lenovo too, good quality and all that, but the, this was just a regular HD uh, yoga. Yeah. Uh, and so I saw the difference there. But, but you know, on a retina screen, Apple's retina screen, which is not quite 4K, it doesn't come up to 4K pixels, it's... It, it looked great. And um, the Toshiba had a terrible battery life. <laughs> I mean, embarrassingly terrible battery life. And you have to say to yourself, okay uh, – and, and by the way, it has an, a number of other very nice things. It supports the Windows facial recognition login feature. It's the first small laptop to do that. It has a lot of ports. It's a good-looking machine cost $1,300, which is, you know, for Windows people, kind of sticker shock. For Mac people, it's kind of, ah, well. Right, but so that's the thing. And this is actually, I thought, the most interesting part of your review was you're like, look, it doesn't have a touchscreen. It doesn't flip around. That's the stuff that... Oh, it does have a touchscreen. I'm sorry, it doesn't flip around. It doesn't do all the convertible stuff. It has... Well, it it flips around. It doesn't detach. Right. It doesn't, like, turn into... It's not meant to just turn into a tablet, right? Like... In the way well, it's that, a three-pound tablet. That's what these all are. When they, that's another whole topic. But well, no, we, we should get into that because I really want to talk about the Surface Book with you as well. Um, okay, all right. But but part of your review was, you know, they tr- the Windows makers tried to do all this stuff and they leaned on it really hard to get at the MacBook Air, and it didn't work for a variety of reasons. Windows Eight probably being you know a big part of those reasons, and now it seems like Toshiba is really leaning on the higher quality of their display to get at the Air. And the air is just, as we started talking at the top of the show, it's just kind of like lumbering along. Like, it's not the most state-of-the-art laptop. It just has this incredible combination of, you know, all-day battery life and a size and weight people like and a good price and decent performance. And it's rugged, by the way, and it's, too. Yeah, it's quite rugged. Um, so, do you, I mean, is this a moment for Windows to kind of, like, enter back into the laptop equation in a way that, you know, my, Apple's just quietly chugging along, selling more and more Macs while the Windows market is has been flat to down right. for a year. I mean, I can't remember the figure, uh, the exact figure that Tim Cook and before him Steve Jobs used to brag about at all their events. But I think out of the last, like, I don't know, 36 quarters, Apple has outsold the overall PC market, you know, in terms of growth. Not not numbers, but in terms of, of uh, growth. Um, I don't know, all but a few quarters. Right. And... Um, and so yeah, I mean the Windows guy think the Windows guys think and hope it's a moment. I think they have two problems, uh, and they both kind of revolve around the operating system. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is 
in this particular rev of Windows, Windows 10, which is a, a good a good iteration of Windows, in my opinion, uh, and then I think in most of the other reviewers' opinions, Microsoft is taking a different strategy for its own purposes than it ever has in the past. In the past, about 10% of Windows purchases have been upgrades and all the rest have been basically you got Windows by buying a new PC. So it was kind of a tandem. Microsoft brought a new version of Windows. People went to the stores and bought PCs. This is up to a, f- a few years ago. Windows 8 was so disliked that they didn't do that. This time, I think the OS won't be disliked, but Microsoft really wants people to upgrade their existing laptops and the and and, and desktops, and the reason is that that way they they have, they have unified their app development platform across their tablets and their phones and their and their regular uh, uh, standard laptops, and if they can get. Very, very large numbers of people, and they promised a billion people in, I think, three years will be on Windows 10. They're hoping to get developers um, to uh, write apps, and those apps can then be used on their phones, which need app desperately need apps. So that strategy, which is probably good for Microsoft, isn't so good for the Toshibas of the world and the, and, and, and the HPs of the world uh, who make – uh, you know, PCs because the upgrade is free and Microsoft's making it easy to do and they kind of really want you to upgrade. And on top of it, Microsoft is making its own hardware directly competing with these people. I mean, if if you're in the market and, I, you know, I, there was a big Microsoft event last week and I interviewed Sachin Adele afterwards and I was blown away by this event, I have to say. I think, you know, we did, we covered we cover obviously all the big tech events and Walt, you and I were at the big Apple event and we saw all the new stuff and we saw the iPad Pro and um, we covered the hell out of the Google event, which was a little bit more boring in its way because it was basically just new phones. But then Microsoft came out with an amount of confidence in their strategy, their roadmap. I think Panos Pene is one of the few people in the industry that can really sells the the reason why yeah, specs no. are important. You know, like, I think it's Phil Schiller can talk about why the iPhone camera specs are important and how the sensor works and connect it to reality. And he's one of the very few people in the industry that can do that extraordinarily well. And I thought Panos Pene did that extraordinarily No, Panos is great. Panos um, is great. And then they've got the, you know, the, the, I'm not a huge fan of the Surface Pro kind of form factor. I think it's fiddly, but they came out with a big upgrade. It's a popular product. It's a good spec bump. And then they released the Surface Book, which, you know, I got to play with just briefly while I was like at the event at the store later on. Uh, and it's great. Like, it is a spectacular product. Now, I don't know. The battery life has to be, we've got to review it, of course, but um, the battery. Yeah, glad to hear you say you have to review it before you say it's spectacular. But like, but, just in using look, it for I, I'm, half I'm an really hour looking, that day, I'm really looking forward to it, uh, to reviewing it, and um, you know, but again, let's say it's a huge hit. Yeah, let's say it's a giant hit. That's not good news for Toshiba. That's not good news for HP. That's not good news for Dell. You know, and um, you know. Dell and HP are clearly moving as fast as they can into, uh, you know, enterprise consulting, and uh, D- Dell is now going to be, you know, a giant in storage with the EMC deal. But Toshiba, they're a laptop company, right? 
So, so for them, it's terrible uh, <laughs> to have Microsoft competing with them. But or is it and, great? Because you know, Microsoft's answer is, look, like this market is dead. No one's innovating. No one can beat Apple. We've got to do it to get this like whole industry pointed in the right direction. Yeah, I think I think Toshiba would say. Um, I mean, officially, with what they always say is, well, it validates us, so it's. Yeah, but that's what everybody. That's come, what the, come on in, but that's bullshit. That, that's I mean, what you say right pr- before the knife goes fully into your. Heart, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I know that's what I'm saying. It's bullshit. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, I think uh, in their minds, um, you know, the Surface Book is not 4K. Their thing is 4K, and they have managed to put it into a very small form factor, and uh, not to mention, you know, the the Windows Hello, the facial recognition camera. They they sourced a, a smaller, different camera than people uh, had been using, and managed to get into a small form factor. So they're racing to say, hey, look, we're advanced too. Yeah, and um, and then the other factor is these guys all want. To get their people have become used to paying about six hundred bucks for a Windows laptop that's decent. For one that's just kind of okay, you can get it for four hundred dollars. This has been true for years. It hasn't budged for years. Now they're be, they, they're desperate to get people into the thousand and up because where, where Apple has dominated because the margins on six hundred are terrible. Right. So you know. Uh, to, this really matters to Toshiba, and they have other products that 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 The Verge has, has written about recently coming. Um, I, I just, you know, they they've got to figure out. They're driving a lot of pixels. They're driving a hugely more pixels than anybody else on a twelve and a half inch screen, and they're trying to make it thin. And yet, and and so that means. They've got to do some kind of magic with the battery, and they couldn't do the magic in in in, in my testing. Right. So this actually is a good segue, um, you know, because I love to dive into the archive. Uh, okay. So I've got, okay. um, and you know, this. It, what's interesting is, you know, we talk about the MacBook Air, the and the new MacBook, and you know, this computer and the Surface Book, and they are all what, you know, a number of years ago would be ultralights or thin in lights, but they're now the dominant. This is what we expect laptops to look like. Right, and this battery life issue—it's funny because you have been writing about it. Is it's a theme in your laptop reviews over time? So I have here your your review of the first ever uh, MacBook Air from two thousand eight. Yeah, and I just want to read this line to you, which is kind of amazing. If 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 you just think about where we've come now with laptops, there's a price for this laptop's daring design. Apple had to give up some features Road Warriors consider standard in a sub notebook, and certain of these emissions are radical. Chief among them is the lack of a removable battery. So while the MacBook Air will be a perfect choice for some travelers, I can't recommend it for all. Now, basically every laptop has a sealed-in battery now. And, like, the problem with this Toshiba is that the battery lasts for, you know, three, five hours, and then you're done. And you can't, you know, that's the design decision to make it this small. Um, But then over time... Uh, and right before the show started, you were telling me about that, that, you know, Haswell chips being a revolution in these computers. We've come to expect all-day battery life from these smaller machines. Well, first of all, I'll tell you that when I talked to Steve Jobs about that, before I wrote that column, he said to me, Walt, they're all going to have sealed batteries, <laughs> just like all the phones are going to have sealed batteries. Uh, trust me, it's going to happen. And, the re- and he said, and explain why. He said, if you 
use a removable battery, you have to take up much more space because you have to have a coating around the battery for safety. The government or somebody requires that, and it makes sense. And you have to have a, a door with a hinge and or a, or a, or a, some kind of a, a snap thing to close the door. You have to have a kind of cavity there to, to put it in. But if you don't do any of that, you can actually have a bigger battery, and you can you can shape it in different ways. Uh, and so, um, I, you know, as in a lot of other things, he he had product foresight there, and he was right. Um, I would also point out that. Uh, you know, I wrote and uh, I followed the MacBook Air. I mean, that was what you just read was from the original 2008 one. Um, you may remember that he introduced that by pulling it out of an inter-office manila envelope, that yeah. kind of one that has a red string on it, you know, at the top. It was pretty fantastic on stage when he did that. Um, in 2010, they adopted the current form factor on the MacBook Air. Uh, and um, I think the battery was better but it wasn't spectacular but then when the haswell chips came out and i can't remember what year that was i think you have it there so 2013 is yeah the, so it jumped yeah. and so did the to be fair so did everybody's laptop who used it i mean it jumped uh, intel had promised about a 50 percent battery uh, life increase apple because they control both the operating system and the hardware the way that i gather we can expect Microsoft to on on if they keep doing laptops. Um, they were able to tweak it even more, than, and they and in my test at least, they, I got a sixty five percent battery jump. So it went to they said up to twelve hours, and in my test, which is unnaturally, you know, it deliberately tries to standardize on just raw, no power saving. Mm -hmm. um, it, it got over ten hours, and I estimated that you could approach the twelve that they claimed if you did if you had power saving on and you used it in a normal way. Uh, you know, you didn't have the screen at a hundred percent. I don't know how many people keep their screen at a hundred percent. Maybe you keep it at seventy percent. Right. That alone. Could you know, I had this more. really interesting uh, conversation um, with Apple when we were reviewing the new iPhone, um, and I think we might have talked about this a little. I was like, it is getting impossible to run a standardized battery test on any of these products because a we've been doing like it's actually really hard to compare a battery test from now to a 2008 computer because the nature of what we're doing is different everybody's use cases for these things are we're we're, we're using them in radically different ways we're hitting the network much harder than we used to um you know youtube uh, when while well, when you were reviewing this computer i was like you got to watch some 4k video off of youtube um, you did say that to me, um, yeah. and it's because YouTube is not optimized for anything, right? It's just like it's a website that plays HTML5 4K video at you, and it will. It is super processor intensive, and the and the Toshiba stuttered all through. Yeah, because it, it, I have to say, but, it, but then if you you know if you have a MacBook and you're running QuickTime Player, which Apple built and is optimized for the hardware, it'll run all yeah. day as smooth as butter forever. Um, so it's a really hard to. To build a battery, yeah. Well, I mean, like I mean, that's why I uh, I have had this battery test for a long time. I, I may, you know, someday change it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, I always explain it every column, yeah. uh, going back all the way. But it has the advantage now of this, you know, ten or fifteen years of doing laptops with this very same battery test. So it's, you know, I can compare across brands, across operating systems. It doesn't matter, right? Um, and it doesn't necessarily replicate your everyday use. It's just, it's just like down to the metal, 
uh, no tricks. This is what it's it does. Beating, beating this poor thing. And then I just estimate on top of it. You know, I I say here's here's the here's the news. Might not be great news, and uh, but don't worry because in normal use you'll you'll do better. How long do you think a laptop should last? What's the you know we well and I had this very today yeah we you know you I and I had this brief to... conversation when we were in the you know when you were writing and I was writing the review about whether or not you can recommend a laptop that doesn't last for ten hours or six hours or something right? What's the what's the number that what's What's the you know, minimum nev- before never, you say, don't buy this laptop? I've never actually thought about a number, mm-hmm. and it sort of depends on I me. Mean, like if, let's say a, a laptop could do some, I don't know, incredible set of things that were hugely useful to everybody, but it was a little shy on battery. It didn't, doesn't mean I would say don't buy it. Um, but I, I, I think it should last through, let's say, a work day. I think it should last through eight, eight hours. Right. And, and the truth is, um, you and I had a conversation about this with phones too. <laughs> if you're in an office, if you're sitting oh, at a desk, you can plug it in for part for part of the day. <laughs> it's not like violating an oath. I mean, no, you know, it's but it, it's funny. I look in our office, um, you know, and people. I'm one of the few people with like this big computer, so I plug in my computer all the time. But I watch other members of the Verge staff, and they're just up and down, and they're on the couches, and they're in a conference room, and they're. In right. the kitchen, and they just never think about plugging in their machines. And it's actually really radical. And what machine are most of them They're using? all using airs. Um, but it's actually and, that, it, it, and they can do that because the air gets you through the right, day. And they, it, but they also don't worry about it. And I think that is the – that's like the radical yeah, the anxiety, part of the, the ranging. Yeah, but like yeah. the range is like they're four feet away from their desk. They're just like, hey, let's no, go, no, let's go sit over range here. range in terms of time. There's no – it's like in electric cars. Right. Uh, you know, there's no range anxiety. No, it's just really, yeah. They don't, they don't worry about the battery dying. And I think that is, that's the you know, we we did talk about this with phones, but like that's such the next leap where we're going to stop worrying about the the power of the mobile device. Well, and that's one reason there's we've already gone through several why even though it doesn't have a retina display, uh, you know, the air uh, and actually the the. I don't know. You have a 15 – I have a 13-inch Retina MacBook Pro. And by the way, we should note – I should note that I have four Windows laptops as well that I own, that I paid full price for. I assume you have your own uh, you know, Windows machine, so we don't want to sound like we only uh, use Apple products. But frankly, the MacBook Air has been the best laptop, in my opinion, ever made. Right. Now, maybe this new Surface Book will be better. I got to tell um, you, I am I am very, very – uh, excited and eager to try to use I there's like there's a few different things about the Surface Book and Windows 10 on the Surface Book that appeal to me. Uh, first, I have this. It's a silly dream, but you know I have never I never got to be a print editor. I never got to uh, you know actually make notes on paper and hand them to a writer as an editor. I've always done everything basically in Google Docs. Like my entire career as a writer and editor has been. Microsoft Word and Google Docs, like these very virtual environments. The idea mm-hmm. of being able to take a screenshot in Microsoft Edge of one of our preview links and actually write notes to a writer and send it to them for whatever it's just like a childish like I've never I've never gotten to do that. I'm excited to try to do it for a while. I, it will probably annoy everyone. They would probably much prefer email or Slack or some much more, you know, systematic way of getting notes from me. But that indulgently well it'll annoy me no, no and but. i that's specifically why i want to do it is to harken back to the most annoying way of receiving notes from an editor um so there's that the other thing 
is that I just feel like Apple's OS, OS X, and then Google's OS and Android are getting cartoonier and cartoonier. They're getting brighter, they're colorful, they're simpler. They're, it's almost like we've passed a threshold, a threshold of ease of use where everything is deciding that I'm dumb in some way and that assistants have to help me do everything. Like, I'm, you know, I'm just too busy and too stupid to work an interface. And then I look at Windows and it just looks kind of like dark and efficient. And yeah, I really don't. I mean, I don't agree with you really? at all on that. Because I just look at Windows 10 and it, I like, can't think of it just a exposes thing I, things I do, to me. I do on OS 10 where some assistant is telling me to do it. I mean, you know, there are nice, helpful things yeah. like. But you, you know, use like, all of Apple's apps, like everything about OS X. And I, I haven't played with uh, El Capitan too much. Uh, I put it on my computer at home, but I haven't. I get nervous about changing my work laptop. Like I don't want it to break. Yeah, I know. Um, so I've got it at home, and I've been using it. But it just seems like every it to to get the most out of it, it's constantly asking me to like sign up for another Apple service or use another Apple app or you know it's like I don't want to give it my calendar, right? Like uh, we we actually this is again more inside baseball. Well, Google is worse than Apple on that. No, but like uh, there, I have a calendar, calendar service, right? And our company uses Google Apps for Enterprise or whatever the hell it's called now. Yeah. Um, and Apple wants me to use their calendar app, which will then link it into all these other parts of the system. And like I just don't want to do that. So there are parts of the OS ten interface that well, like, I don't look know. a little I, I mean, disconnected and broken because they're filled in wrong, or there's calendar well, entries I, that are there I mean, that shouldn't be. You know, it's like it's just that you know, app, stuff. Right, where it's like right. Apple's and like, just you, give and, us well, everything, let me, let me, and then we'll just give you a big hug, and everything will be okay. And I just don't like try to use try to use. You'll, you, I'll be interested to. We should have a podcast about yeah. this. I'm interested to see how you feel about uh, the Microsoft, whether it's the Outlook. The Outlook calendar is terrible, by the way, with Gmail. Yeah, um, and uh, the. Uh, the other calendar because they have another calendar and they have another email program and stuff like that that are the metro uh, you know modern what they call windows store apps in their elegant phrasing yeah um <laughs> have their own problems yeah. they're they're not you know they, they want you to be in uh in OneDrive. they want you to be in all the microsoft stuff they're not any different yeah and, and that's and, you know I, I, having set up one windows 10 computer uh, it definitely wants you to log in. I have three it's Windows like, 10 But it, everything about Windows 10 is about logging in. And if you have a bad internet connection, like opening a Windows 10 computer for the first time is like a miserable experience because literally nothing Well, because, because what do they do? You can have a local password. You can even have a PIN, which is a nice thing. If you don't want to type password in, although probably less secure. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but, but like, um, you open Cortana and it's just like you got to sign in. Yeah, it's like it's just like. But they, what they want you to do is sign in with your your uh, Microsoft ID, which is a cloud based you know ID uh, that works across all their systems and services, just like your um, you know uh, iTunes or you know uh, iCloud, sorry iCloud ID on a Mac, and just like your Google ID. I sign and I sign in with my Google ID on everybody's device. All day long because, as you said, The Verge and Recode, where I came from before it, used Google Apps, yeah. uh, and I use Google Calendar, and 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 uh, and I use and we use, of course, that means we use Gmail. So, you know, they, they, um, you know, it, it, look, the Surface Book, I'm I'm just as excited <laughs> as you. I'm just not. I'm, I just don't agree that 
the others are cartoonish, but I, I, what the heck? I might just I might just be bored. You know, like there's like but a real chance check? I'm just like that, bored. I've been lo- that that I buy. Like I've been looking at OS ten for however guy. you know, like since the day it came yeah, out. Sure. You know, like, why not? Why not try it? Look, I I used to use Windows every day of my life. Yeah. Apple was horrible for about I don't know ten or twelve years there, roughly roughly the same time period that Jobs was not there. Right. Um, then it got good. Then it got great. Uh, meanwhile, Microsoft sort of fumbled around and, and, and people started dropping off it. Maybe now it's going to, it's going to go back the other way or at least even out. And I, I feel, I feel fine using Windows 10. Well, what's interesting Um, to me is, but can we talk about touchpads? Can we talk about touchpads? Yes. Actually, tell me me about the trackpad on this thing. So the trackpad on the Toshiba, it's not the worst I've ever seen, but in a 1300, and really a 1600 if you want 512 storage machine it's why should it be jerky to scroll with the with the trackpad right. and uh, and the reason is uh and mike and people at microsoft have been complaining to me about this for years privately off the record uh that even though uh microsoft put out what is called a precision trackpad set of specs and some firmware and that this Toshiba actually uses that, um, there's some additional investment in things like a glass surface that would make all the difference that they don't typically make. Now, the Surface Book looks like it does that, and that would be great. And there's a, probably a couple of other Windows laptops that do it, but so many Windows laptops just don't do it. And yes, they have touchscreens, but you don't do everything with the touchscreen. You need a great... Right. Uh, I mean, you've pad. been complaining about bad trackpads. We should have just pulled these old columns. You've been complaining about them in almost every review I've ever read of a Windows laptop. Uh, well, it's just it's just baffling. And and I've had I've had people. They always go off the record, but I've had people explain to me the margins on these are so slim on the you know the six hundred the ones they've typically sold in in volume that we don't want to spend the next the extra quarter or fifty cents or whatever it is for the connector. People in Redmond have said to me. Those SOBs won't spend the extra <laughs> 50 cents. And so our operating system, which we've labored over, is presented in this bad way because they won't spend 50 cents. And goddamn Apple will – sorry for my language, religious <laughs> yes, people, I love it. religious listeners. <laughs> yes. But, um, well, you and I have many, many religious – we were featured in the religious podcast <laughs> section of iTunes. <laughs> people are very confused. We're going to – Perfidious – perfidious Apple <laughs> uh, does spend the money. And but of course they charge a fortune. Yeah. The problem is now these Windows guys are trying to charge Apple prices. Right. So I kind of think the trackpad ought to be a lot smoother. Well, you know, it, and I was. It's funny because one of the things I'm excited about with the Surface Book is that it is the first head-up competitor to the Apple model, where Microsoft owns the hardware, the software. Yeah, it's vertical, right? right? And it they can do all this little tweaky stuff that Apple does to get. You know, a minor in increase, a five percent increase in the user experience, uh, but this costs a little bit more money because they want to compete and because they're not worried about their, their like they just want to make a great product top to bottom. Um, and that is the thing about Microsoft in this moment that I think is the most interesting is that Apple has never really had that type of competitor in its modern incarnation, where they're making great products, and now Microsoft is saying, well, we have. All these billion-dollar business lines. We have money in the bank. We have engineering talent, and we're gonna come. We're gonna come directly at the Apple model. 
Um, I, you and know, I think it's a fascinating I completely agree time. with you. I'll tell you an anecdote. Yeah. I know we're running out of time, but I'll tell you an anecdote. So the first computer Microsoft made was the Surface, uh, later uh, renamed the Surface RT. And uh, it was a pure tablet, but it was a computer and it ran Office and it, and it ran uh, what they hoped at the time would be a large number of these tablet apps. It took its inspiration from uh, Windows Phone and um, I was shown it um, uh, along with my colleague and your colleague, Katie Barrett, uh, at uh, one of our uh, conferences uh, off to the side secretly by senior Microsoft people and they wouldn't tell us what they were going to show us and they whipped this thing out and it was really well built and it was a whole computer from Microsoft on the Apple model, um, which, of course, they had disparaged for God knows how many years. Um, and I, I, it was an incredibly exciting moment, uh, just the way you're describing now with this Surface Book. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm like you. I happen not to think that the Surface Pro uh, is – I don't know. I, I just – it doesn't really work for me as – it's a little too heavy as a tablet, and it's a little too unstable as a laptop. Right. That's just my feeling about it. Um, it is profitable, but let's face it, they haven't sold a zillion, zillion of them. I mean, it's not a, a huge selling thing, but it's still an important uh, breakthrough for them. And the laptop is the is the next logical thing, and I think it's great that they're doing it. I think it's absolutely great. I think... Uh, there are advantages to um, having a distributed operating system separating hardware and software, uh, but there are big, big advantages to doing it vertically, uh, ranging from what you mentioned, which is you can do millions of little tweaks uh, between the hardware and the software to improve battery life and do other things, and you're not putting the kind of burden on the user that you do in the in the traditional Microsoft model where, you know, uh, who do you complain to? Do you complain to Microsoft? Do you complain to Dell? Uh, the Dell hardware may not sync up exactly right with the Microsoft Windows software right. drivers or something. None of that. All of that is eliminated. And so I think it's, it's exciting. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. But, this is uh, – we, But they have to step – all these people have to step up Yeah. Uh, on the Windows side. I mean, it, it'll be it's, – it's like I just think it's fascinating that like Google hasn't decided to, to make a proper sort of laptop out of a, the Chrome OS Chromebook concept. I think it's 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 interesting that the laptop market as of right now Well they made the pixel. Yeah but that's still it's still Chrome OS. Like it you can't there's no way I could get rid of my Mac and use a Chromebook. Right. I couldn't in as much as I love the Pixel and it's funny we have a Pixel here in the office and every now and again someone invariably will leave a computer at home or, you know, something will happen or some other staffer at Vox Media will leave a computer at home. And we'll just like loan out the Pixel for a day because you can just log into all of our Google services on it and it works. Yeah. Um, and everyone is like, oh, man, I could totally see – I felt this way. I can totally see how I could just use this as my main computer. And then s- literally we'll ask a question like, yeah, but you can't like load your photos onto it. You know, like you need you – ha- you always have to be connected to Google in some way. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, I guess I can't use it. Like it's just like a breakdown of like – there's always it's one like little the, thing that you can't do that you need a that's local right. computer That's right. It's for. it's a front it's a front door even more than a Mac is a front door to Apple stuff because you can you, you don't have to be 
you know, you use the iCloud photo library. You can't, you don't have to. You can just have local photos on a Mac. It's fine. It works. Can't quite do that on a. Yeah, on it's a, just funny because. And, and, and by the way, on a Windows machine too, you know, you can you can use their. I guess they're going to come out with a photo service. Uh, OneDrive does do photos already, uh, but you can ignore that and just be local. No, it's, but, but it's Can't. interesting to me. It's you know, Google hasn't done it right, and Windows has been right. lagging. I think you know, Windows Eight really set the whole the whole thing back a long way. So it's just it's the laptop market for so many people for a while now has been the Mac, and that Apple hasn't had this like big competition in that market because I agree you know in Windows 10 is this moment and it's funny you know we, we have these like big email threads of you know the all the tech people at the verge all the entertainment people and literally over the past week we've been talking about how many laptops we suddenly have to review again because they're so interesting and like this is the moment for Microsoft and Windows 10 and its own computers and then its OEM partner computers to try and actually enter the conversation of laptops again and if you told me that that would be one of the biggest tech stories of 2015 i i would just thought you were completely crazy um but here we are and it's just a a remarkably fascinating time that we're still really talking about laptops even though the conventional wisdom is the mobile phone is going to eat the world yeah and it may eat the world but you're not gonna there's a lot of things you need a laptop yeah well we'll see so we've got a lot of we've got a lot of laptops review um, anyhow, we have gone, as always, we've gone over, so we should probably wrap up here. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, you can, Walt and I love your feedback. I don't, I, Walt, I know you particularly love getting the tweets. I love getting the tweets. If you ever want I Walt do. Mossberg to fave a tweet, just tell him you like the show. And both of us will immediately fave that tweet. Or say something really funny. <laughs> yeah, or tell us a joke and we're on it. You know, like, why, d- dislike the show in a really funny, snarky, clever That's way and I'll, probably favorite thing yeah too. so walt is <laughs> just entertain us i mean what we did it for you now you do it for us uh so walt is at walt mossberg on twitter i'm at reckless we also love getting your itunes reviews you can find the show on itunes leave us some stars leave us a review tell us what you like and what you don't like that's always great um and then we have other great podcasts at the verge i also host the verge cast uh which broadcasts live on thursdays which is fantastic it's, uh it is something i to this day it's funny you know, this this show is like has a structure and we organize it around a single topic that show is chaos so if structure doesn't appeal to you well i've only been on it once but the chaos was hilarious and i hope to be on we it should again. definitely have you on it again so the verge cast uh live on thursdays goes up on fridays uh verge esp the entertainment and science podcast with emily yoshida and liz lapato goes out every other week that ep- i know that emily just recorded an interview about uh max martin the guy who writes all of the pop songs so really like literally every pop song has been written by max martin uh he's written for britney spears for christiana Lira, for uh taylor swift like just incredible stuff so Sheena Reed John Seabrook who just wrote a book about that guy um, so listen this week and then What's Tech with Chris Plant The Dark Horse one of the most popular uh, shows that we have here at The Verge uh, also goes up every week so listen to all of our shows hit them up on iTunes you can find them all at itunes.com slash The Verge and we will see you again next week thanks so much Paul thank you Neil. Mm-hmm.